where you literally just had shitstorm after shitstorm after shitstorm. Like the world was just like beating me down. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Boss Babes Club podcast. I'm your host Riley and thank you for tuning in for another episode. So really exciting news. Just wanted to start off this by giving you a little life update, fill you in on what's been happening in my life recently. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, first of all, what are you doing? It is no longer Riley, I-N-G-L-I-S-S, because I never managed to get the one S. It is now Riley V. Stallion. My brother told me that someone literally unfollowed me because I changed my name to that. And if that's what you're basing who you follow on, I think you need to reevaluate your life choices because the stallion is a vibe. Personally, I just think that anyway. But um, so if you don't follow me on my Instagram, I recently posted that I have taken a bit of a step back from working full time. I guess the avenue and the field that I was working in wasn't what I felt like my purpose was. And I felt like if anything, it was really holding me back and draining a lot of the energy that I really wanted to devote in to other things, this podcast included. So um, I feel really good just kind of getting back on track, feeling a little bit lost at the moment, but we're getting getting back. And um, yeah, anyway, enough about me. Let's get into the podcast. So today's guest, you would be able to see by the title, is um, a friend of mine, somewhat. No. <laughs> um, it is also my roommate, Casey Watson. The crowd goes by. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. You know, it was like a fair bit of a trip, so I'm yeah. guessing you will reimburse me for that. <laughs> I will invoice you for the travel costs, except you've been using my car all week, so... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, well, already got the claws out first thing. Um, <laughs> um, no, so thank you so much for coming on the potty. I feel like we've spoken about doing this for literally so long. And what's really cool is it's like our first recorded podcast too. So as in like video recorded podcast, Ooh, like I've never recorded it before. I feel special. <laughs> I will just double check that I am in fact recording, which I am. So passing all the technical difficulties at the moment. Also, guys, if you are watching... I got glasses today, so I'm wearing them for the podcast. They're really cute. They're rose gold. They're Michael Kors. I know. Bougie. IQ went up by two. Yep. Literally already feel smarter and hotter. Didn't think it was possible. But anyway, thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm not going to make this about me. Um, Maybe a little. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's not commit to that yet. <laughs> but I feel like we would have – like I feel like if we just had no – structure no plan you and I would probably literally be able to talk for like hours non-stop I mean we do yeah this just not episode would be like three hours long so I who knows how many freaking parts this episode this podcast will be <laughs> because I honestly feel like we could talk for ages but I think one of the things that I wanted to get you on the podcast was just to like talk about like how we met and you know the fact that we moved in together, like basically not even knowing each other to mm. now like you being like, I consider you one of my closest friends. So just like crazy that journey and like how we got here, how we got to like the people we are today and just like all about our friendship and the things that like, I feel like I don't really publicize this a whole lot, but I feel like you've taught me so much and I feel like I've learned so much just from 
being in your presence. <laughs> but like, <laughs> just love you so much. And yeah, like so grateful for everything that you've taught me. And I honestly think that so many things that you've, like so many lessons that you've given me, you can pass on to fellow boss babes to make them become more boss babier. <laughs> The double boss babes and yeah. vice versa. Like as as like we've said before, like it's like yin and yang living together. Like you bring certain parts to the table and I do, and then like just makes like this like whole little ADHD household that yeah. we have here. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful, really. <laughs> okay, so let's start by t- well, actually, Casey, I'm gonna let you take the stand. Give wow. me uh, like if no one's met you before, no one knows who you are. You're just another voice or another person on the pod today. Give the listeners a little bit of an idea of who you are, what you do. Oh, who wow. is Casey Watson Dotfit? Who is Casey Watson Dotfit? <laughs> well, I'm Riley's roommate. That's like job number one. <laughs> Main Full time job. Full time. <laughs> it was quite hard, strenuous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am currently like Riley. I've um, taken a period off work. I probably took probably maybe like two weeks before you, I um, left my full-time job just to move to more casual work and going more into my online work. So um, obviously from the dot fit, you would be able to tell that I have social media. And if you've seen Riley's social media, we're on there quite often because we spend literally 24-7 together. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do a lot of work online as like an influencer. Um, I try and talk a lot about like health and fitness, um, health being like um, external and like physical health as well as mental health and that's like a lot of like what Riley and I actually talk about you guys might see us acting around and being our crazy selves on Instagram but there are like a lot of in-depth conversations that you sort of like touched on that have like helped us both learn and grow and like heal throughout this and like have been like some like really crazy insane conversations that I wish we recorded yeah no kidding <laughs> um at the time the amount of times we said that um but yeah um, just uh 22-year-old gal. What? No way. I know, yeah. Little baby of the group, tallest of the group, still grabbing things off the top shelf for Riley on the reg. Okay. Um, but, yeah, just passionate about, like, health and fitness and um, we'll probably touch on this during the podcast, but, like, um, I was diagnosed with ADHD last year and that's sort of something that I've, like, sort of stepped into opening up about on social media and something that, like, Riley and I have discussed plenty of times and figured out together that we both share the same qualities. Yeah. Um, and a similar diagnosis. Uh, I don't know. What else about me? I don't know. There's not much. <laughs> Star sign, rising, oh. moon. Yeah. So I'm a Capricorn Aquarius <laughs> cusp. Very cool. <laughs> With Aquarius moons, so that means like I have no emotion, <laughs> which Riley would know is quite true. There's been countless times I've just like been like, I'm fine. I walk into my room with my sunglasses on crying. <laughs> There's like the tear it's coming like, it's down. Right, it's, right. it's just rain. It's rain coming from my eyes. <laughs> like it's literally sunny outside. Like this is not right. What is going on? Um, and rising to a Gemini. So but I'm not. That's just rising. That's just my mask. I'm not actually. It's not anywhere else in my chart. Um, but yeah, I'm from the country. So me and Riley are actually yin and yang, aren't we? So I'm from like the middle of nowhere population, 300 people. My mm. converted in the middle of the wheat belt is where I grew up. And then I moved to Perth around two years ago and like started settling in. And, you know, um, that was originally with a partner. 
and like I had a few friends and it's crazy like in the last year meeting Riley how much my friendship group and like my whole life has literally done a full 360 and change and like so many people have walked out and like so many beautiful people have walked in and I think like you've witnessed that and Riley met me at like a really low point I was harboring like a lot of toxic relationships and going through like a massive healing journey so she got to experience me probably at my lowest (laughs) at the start and Got to experience me walking out into the kitchen and grabbing a tub of peanut butter and walking back into my room with a hoodie on <laughs> plenty of time. Um, but, yeah, just a um, crazy comic relief ADHD roommate yeah. pretty much. Yeah. We um definitely have some laughs. But I guess let's go back to the start. I guess, you know, we haven't known each other for years and years. We've really only met – like, really this time last year. Like, really not even. I think it was, like, June we met was the first time. Yeah. So it's coming up to a year anniversary. That's beautiful. Oh. How should we celebrate? Um, Another potty episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, tickets to the ground. I'll let you yeah. sort that out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we met um, through, like, a mutual friend. And we had probably known each other. I think we maybe met three times when we actually, like, moved in. Yeah, you'd only be like your – even the third time I met you, I like sort of showed you the room and was like, this is going to be your room. Yeah. And like you like looked at it and was like imagining like where you'd put everything. Yeah. And- well, it's like super weird because I feel like we both have like already discussed this. So this isn't like anything new. But obviously we both had like apprehensions and like a little bit of like – I think we had different perceptions of each other based on, like, external factors or, like, other people had, like, made us out to be different. So, like, I think moving in, like, I was kind of like, no, like, we won't get close. (laughs) Like, it would just literally be, like, a roommate, like, a place to stay. Like, I won't talk to her. You know, (laughs) I, like, I knew I was going to talk to you, but, like, I just – I honestly did not expect that, like, we would click as well as we did. And, like, even when I, like, moved in, like, obviously when you're getting to know anyone new and you know the kind of person I am, like, I'm super reserved and quiet at first. Mm. It takes me, like, a little while to kind of, like, warm up and feel like I'm ready to, like, open up to you and that kind of thing. So it yeah. took a while. But, like, what was your – I guess, like, what was your first impression of me? Well, like, if you think about our rising signs, like, typical Cancer rising, like, very quiet and timid and then, like, mine's Gemini and so I'm, like – very loud, as I assumed you realized quite quickly, even yeah. just meeting me. Um, but first meeting Riley, we met like three times when I was through a mutual friend. And like, I remember feeling like I'm already tall in person. I remember the first thing you said was like, oh my God, you're so tall. I know, maybe like you're wearing your like massive heels and you're like, Riley, I was literally wearing the tiniest heels that I own. I'm like, no, no, they were huge. You were so tall. <laughs> like, no, that's just my height. But, um, yeah, she's very quiet and I just felt like I do have such like a big personality when people first meet me and I am like super tall as well so it doesn't help like this big giant that like mm-hmm. talks really loud and is like in your face. I was like really scared. I was like just being too much and so we met. I remember like I like commented on your outfit at the time which is really funny because my partner had actually commented and been like, Let's just side note to this because I think it's really funny of how, like, that was the first time we met, hey? Yeah. That was literally the first time we met. We're on this wine tour and Riley did look stunning. Like, I thought she looked beautiful. Looked like Ariana Grande vibes. I had, like, gotten all dressed up, had my hair and makeup done and, like, got an outfit and, like, my partner didn't comment on anything. 
at all. And like we arrived and was like, oh my God, like she looks amazing. And it was like just something that I was so used to. Hence like me saying toxic relationships. But like I was never the person to like villainize the other girl in that situation. Because like you did look stunning and all of that. And like you don't owe anything to me. And so I was just like, oh my God, like it looks so great. And you're like, that is not normal. Why is she <laughs> why is she okay with that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you moved in and I was like with my friend Eliza and we're having dinners and stuff and like Riley would like go to our room and close the door and I was like, oh my God, like I'm not sure if I'm being too loud and me and Eliza's like, maybe she hates us. And I was like, oh no, she's probably going to move out soon. We're going to have to find someone else. And then like one day, like you just came and sat on the couch and it was sort of like this little flower, like just opened up and then like you just started like seeing all like your qualities and you come out and I was like so such so nice to see and I was like okay it's not just me that's like really crazy I don't know why I'm like that like I just it takes me like a long like because you know my personality now like I can be crazy I can have fun like I can do stupid shit but like people know me like and like I'm always that person that's like I thought you hated me when I first met you like I thought you were a bitch when I first (laughs) met you and it's like I hate that because I want to be confident and I want to be like super inviting and I just I I'm just not and I don't know why that is but I I'm just very shy when I meet people for the first time and like even like when I I'm like obviously I just left my job but I was when we were talking about like me leaving and stuff I remember reminiscing with like one of the guys that was there when I started and he was like you were literally this like like he was like you were literally like the girl from pitch perfect that like doesn't he's like like that was me and he's like like, now but she's not a bitch. No. She's See how you would like, I was worried. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't scared of you or thinking you're a bitch. I think roles reverse, my resting face and how tall I was. It might be the other way around. But I was just like, I feel scary. <laughs> no, I didn't think it was scary. But like, he was like, and now, like, it's just completely different. Mm. Like, you've like opened up and everything. So I don't know why that is, but like, that's just always my first impression. People are like, you know, you seemed really quiet. Like, you didn't really, like, you were kind of like, like, I just feel like I take, like, a very big step back and I just, like, observe and I don't know whether that comes yeah. across as, like, me. I just think I don't know where I stand and maybe it is because, like, I know that I have a big personality so I'm trying to, like, feel feel out, like, where, like yeah. how big I can be. Because yeah. you just don't know. Like, girls can be so bitchy and nasty yeah. sometimes. So, like, you'd hate to just, like, again, I maybe I shouldn't care like, I don't think I'm caring what people think. That. I think it's just, like, kind of, like, I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable with, like, how yeah. big I can be. Here I'm, like, let it out. Like, come on. Like, join the table. Give it to me. Give I it love to it. Me. <laughs> um, But I think you're very, like, it's just, like, you really assess, like, your situation and people before that comes out. So it's, like, sort of, like, wallflower and then it's, like, bam, she's in the room. She's, like, I look cute. Like, I look good. Like, check out my outfit. Yeah. Whereas at first you're, like. Thanks. And now yeah. Riley's like, yeah, I fucking look good. I yeah. know I look good. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the thing is, like, I'm always like that. Like, I'm yeah. always the kind of people person to be like, yep, I know. Like, like I mean, I said it before, but yeah. like, I'm the most stunning person. Like, at my birthday, I was like, so none of you look as pretty as me. Yeah. Like, I'm still <laughs> glad you're here. But, like, people that know me, like, know that I don't genuinely think that I'm, like, better than anyone else. No. So I think because that is, like, part of my, like, humor and that's part of my personality is to like make those like I'm amazing like <laughs> boss bitch jokes I feel like maybe that's another reason why like I can be a bit reserved because I'm kind of like I don't want people to think that I actually mean that they don't know me well enough to like yeah. know my humor or like know yeah. the kind of person that I am so maybe I'm just like protecting my energy which I yeah. don't think is actually a bad thing 
No, no, definitely not. I think it's something I need to learn to do. Mm. But what about roles reverse? What did you think of me? Well, I feel like I, I already told you, but I feel like from social media and like, uh, I guess not opinions, but I guess things that other people had told me about you, I didn't think we would get along. And I don't know why or, like, I can't really pinpoint what that reason is. Like, because I could see you were a good person. Like, it wasn't that. I just didn't think we would mesh. And, like, I could not have been more wrong. And, like, that's obviously a really big lesson and, like, learning for me at the time was to, like, not judge someone. And was I judging someone because of my own insecurities? I don't know. Possibly. And, like, I think – like, that was a big lesson for me that, like, I would much rather, like, get to know someone and put my own opinion on something and much the same as, like, now I feel like I don't let other people's opinions of others or other people's um, experiences with people not sway my opinion of someone because I feel like I've always kind of just, like, I feel like I can be a leader but I, a lot of the time, like, if I'm in a place where I don't feel like I can be a leader, I'll just kind of be like, oh, yeah, like, I'll just go with the flow. So if, like – and also, again, like we were talking about earlier today, like, I am a very loyal person. So if, like, my best friend doesn't like someone, like, you bet that I don't like them. Like, you got to get through me to get to yeah. them kind of thing. Like, that's my personality. So I feel like if someone didn't like someone or, like, whatever, I'd kind of be like, oh, I don't like them either kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, I think that's been a big lesson for me. Like, that's quite an immature – way to go about things yeah so I feel like now like after meeting you like that was like a big lesson or something that you know getting to know you and actually giving you the chance to like get to know you um was like a big lesson but I think also the person you were then is like completely (sighs) different to the person that you are now you were very oppressed yeah, 100%. And we'll, I was literally a robot. Like, we'll go into that, I think, a bit further down yeah. in the podcast. We'll discuss that. But, like, you were, yeah, like you said, you were a robot. Like, you knew how and when to, like, set talk and when to, like, fall back. And, like, you knew how to avoid, like, arguments and, like, someone getting annoyed or frustrated th- over things. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like even then and – you, like, met me on, like, aeroplane mode. Yeah. Like, I was, like, restored to factory settings. Like, yeah. could do, like, the bare minimum, like, yeah. just the basics. There's nothing wrong with that. But, like, there was no, like, substance there. Like, all of it was, like, held back. Yeah. And, like, not added. Yeah, for sure. And so you probably, like, of all people saw, like, all of those things, like, come back and be added in. And, like, just the same as you, like, I can't speak at all because I had other people tell me preconceived ideas about you. But it was so Ooh. nice to see that we both – like took those with a pinch of salt and still gave each other the chance at the end of the day to grow into what it was. Like I was still like, oh, like I'll see like who Riley is for myself and like I can take your opinions. You said you were scared to meet me. I was scared because I was like, I don't know, like I'm not sure if like she likes me or like what's going on because like just the same as you, like I feel like something I've worked on through meeting you and like everything like else and through – um work with my life coach um that like I had a really big fear of like people's opinion of me or who they thought I was and so like when I first met people I would always like make sure it wasn't overly nice because I feel like that's who I am but like I would try and show people so much because you do get misconceptions on social media or you know people project things onto you or I really think like the person I was at the time was completely different to who I am now or like just more oppressed and like 
the people around me sort of were a reflection of who I was as well was like mirroring onto me. So that might have sure. changed it. But yeah, I felt like I really had to like prove like I'm nice. Like I swear to God. And like, yeah, same to you. And so like, I knew how it feels to feel like you have that. And so like, that's at the end of the day is why I gave you, I was like, I'm going to put those aside. And like, if they match up, then yeah, I'll take it. But yeah, look where we are. Yeah. <laughs> I think it goes to show as well, like, taking that leap of faith because like we didn't know each other and like I like I just felt like what have I got to lose like if you know it doesn't work out I can move home and I think this is something that like I personally want to touch (laughs) (laughs) this is something that like I personally would love to touch on in like another podcast about taking a leap of faith because obviously you and I've kind of both done it as well in terms of, like, a career standpoint and, like, taking that leap of faith to, like, actually work towards something that we really want to do without having necessarily, like, a safety net. Yeah. So, but I guess, yeah, it was a bit of, like, it kind of taught me, like, the good things about taking a leap of faith and putting yourself out there. And I think I do get, like, I can be, like, quite comfortable and, like, don't want to go beyond and, like, kind of happy and content with, like, where I am sometimes, like, in terms of, like, my friendships and stuff. And it wasn't until meeting you and, like, you talking to me about boundaries and things like that and obviously us just, like, learning a lot and evolving a lot with, like, you know, friendships coming and going, I think – um I feel like you also just kind of taught me, like there's so many lessons that have come from living with you and all of these amazing things that have happened in the last year, like wouldn't have happened if I didn't just go, like, why not? Why don't I just move in with you? Because like, no doubt the relationship would be very different and probably the series of events that followed from that day that we moved in, like would have been so different. It would be like crazy different and it's so weird to like, Obviously, I first met you and I said hi, but, like, the biggest, like, first memory I had of you was, like, we were at, like, one wine place and you were like, oh, I'm going to the bathroom. I was like, oh, do you want me to come with you? And you're like, yeah, like, you know what? Yeah. And, like, we just ended up going and then, like, from that night on, that's, like, where we got to here from all that. But, no, I think I'd be a completely different person. I don't think, even though, like, you say I've taught you a lot, I think, like, I was learning everything and, like, you were, like, sort of fly on the wall, like, watching my life as it was all doing that big 360 and I was healing as well. So, like, we both just went through that. I sort of dragged you along through what I was going through at the time where we learned a lot and, like, a lot of people, like, walked out of our life at that time and then, like, also brought, like, so many other people in because I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but, like, Riley and I met through a mutual friend who had actually said some things to me that, like, about Riley that wasn't who Riley was and that's why I said I put those opinions aside to get to know who you were and and vice versa apparently as well yeah like they wanted to keep us separate and then like once you moved in like we just got along like a house on fire and um sort of realized that the mutual friend wasn't even on the level of friendship that we have not even being a year when you had been friends with them for years and I had thought they were like my best friend. Yeah. Um, So it was just interesting like realising different levels of friendship and that like time really doesn't mean anything at all. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I was like also going to talk about. I feel like from like the work that we've I guess both done from – moving in and like you know going through our own healing journeys which we can obviously talk about as well I think like I really learned what a true friend was and I really learned that like 
I was having surface level friendships and which I think is something that like you don't really know that you have or like you don't really notice that you have or have had surface level friendships until you have a relationship with with people, like a group of people that you can like feel safe with. And I feel like that's something that I didn't realize I didn't have until I found this like group of people that like have let me be my most vulnerable, have literally like asked me those exposing questions that I didn't even know the answer to at the time, but has like completely changed my mindset completely changed my healing journey and com- like completely changed the course of my life really just by creating like a safe space and like solely being there to like help each other grow and heal so yeah yeah it's great it's sort of like you're like always swimming in like the kids pool like or like I can 100% agree with that like I look back at conversations on like friendships and relationships even previous to like when Riley and I first met because really like our friendship group flourished from there like and like everything that's come in has come from that and like you've taught me a lot about relationships because I've obviously been there while like you've met your partner as well but like you sort of like look at your friendships before and go like wow like I didn't know that person like I I knew those people for years and I didn't know them on the level that like I know you, so you're sort of in the kiddie pool and it's sort of like you jump in to a deep end, like you meet someone with depth and you go, wow, like that's like nothing. Like yeah. it could be just like this long pool that goes forever, but if it's shallow, like you're never going to have that depth that's there, even if you have like one like really big deep one. It's yeah. It's like worth so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And it's like I think, yeah, I guess when you see – those kinds of friendships and you have built those kinds of connections, like losing those people that like regardless of whether it has been a year or 12 years, like you really do, like you don't really feel like you're losing anything because you kind of realise the value wasn't there. Yeah. And like the people that you do have value for, like they're worth fighting for and they're worth like, you know, sticking it out for. But like that doesn't mean necessarily that you should like deal with the shit that comes with like, certain friendships I guess yeah and like obviously I'm not here to like you know spill any gossip or anything like that because that's not what this is about so like you know we could easily go into specifics (laughs) and like you know talk about other things but I just think like you know people can take with with that or take from that whatever they want but I just think like if yeah if anything it really just taught me like what deep friendships are and like actually feeling really heard by by friendships sorry by friends and like even like previous relationships that I had prior to meeting you like you know for example Dion and I like feeling just like I think that in all honesty us being surrounded by other really great friendships has just like helped ours grow even more as well so um yeah so good yeah all the blessings that have come with it (laughs) So, obviously, one of, like, the biggest things for you, um, again, like, feel free to talk about this as little or as much as you want. Spill the tea if you wish. (laughs) Just boil the kettle if you want. Up to you. (laughs) But, like, obviously, at the time that we met, you and I were both um, going through a breakup. Yeah. I was maybe two months ahead of you. 
Yeah. And if I'm being completely honest, which I have touched on in a previous episode, I feel like I cried for 24 hours and then I was cool. Yeah. (laughs) But obviously yours, I think, was – it was a longer relationship, obviously, and you guys had um, gone through a lot more together. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think that was, like, a major factor of, like, your healing and obviously coming back to, like, finding your self-worth and almost even just, like, taking off – glasses that you had like not even really being aware of kind of the extent of of that yeah like what do you feel like has been like your biggest lesson from from all of that or like what do you think was maybe the hardest thing that you dealt with in in healing from that well (laughs) let's just boil the kettle um I'm not here to like gossip or anything but like as you said it was just a massive learning point and was like a huge shift in my life so Obviously, like, when Riley moved in and, like, my ex-partner and I had broken up and, like, I had a spare room but it would be nice to, you know, not not be paying full rent um, at the time, except now I have a beautiful addition of a roommate as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I really could care less about rent. Um, But, yeah, so we had a breakup and at first, like, let's be honest, like, all girls, you mentally break up with someone before the breakup actually happened. So sort of similar to Riley, like, I already knew it was coming. Um, I actually had just had my ADHD diagnosis at the time, probably like two weeks prior, like when I had just met you was pretty much like when I had started medication. And so it was like sort of a crazy point in my life already. So when it happened, I was sort of like not dumbfounded, but I was just like, oh my God, like there's so much so dust much in the on. air. And yeah. there was a lot of other factors going on at the time as well um, in regards to friendships and stuff. So it was sort of like my whole world wasn't, wasn't coming crashing down, but like we definitely like the dust settled and then like I could build up from there. And as you said, I said to you from my relationship, I didn't realize like how toxic and how bad and how like surface value my relationship was. It was sort of like as I was coming out of it and talking to my friends, obviously like you then and you like remember different things um things come up that you don't even remember or like you don't even realize how like bad that was until you're like saying to someone else and they're like sorry that's not normal (laughs) yeah yeah it's not normal for people to throw things at you across the room it's not normal for someone to tell you you have to brush your hair outside (laughs) or sleep on the couch yeah i had to brush my hair on the balcony outside no wonder you're always like your blunt hair is everywhere (laughs) i don't care i love it i'm like yes hair on the floor it's not just me (laughs) it's okay um but yeah it came out of like a very controlling relationship and something that was surface value obviously you had seen my social media and this relationship was all over social media and I feel like what it was on social media was like the complete opposite and social media was my escape from that relationship and my home life because pretty much my partner when we were out when we were with other people was all happy and cheery and was like happy to have it all over social media but even on social media teased me But, like, behind closed doors, it was, like, so much worse. And Riley sort of saw that happen post-breakup as well. Like, I was getting texts at, like, 12 o'clock at night. I was getting, like, emails. emails. I got an email yesterday from the same person. Like, yeah, just trying to really, like, mess with my life and, like, a few things that were going on. And um, I was just, like, how, like, did I put up with this? Like, and how did I not remember these things and, like, 
why do I think this is normal? Like, why do I attract someone like this into my life? And um, you would know, obviously, like my relationship with my family at the time wasn't that great. And I was actually had requested to go to family therapy with them to like organizing um, a few things because I feel like something I read where it's like you attract um, partners that are like similar to how you were treated as a child. And mm-hmm. so I was like, this is obviously stemming from somewhere because this is a repetitive pattern because like my partner before that was very similar and had treated me in similar ways. And I was like, well, this isn't normal. This is not what I want. And I'm not learning a lesson here. I'm not learning the lesson that the world is trying to teach me because this is a continuous pattern. I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for myself and go, oh, woe is me. Like I have shit taste in men. Uh, <laughs> You're still <laughs> learning from still that. Do, I'm still learning that one. <laughs> ah, ah. Um, and sort of like going back to like, what a good male role model is and, like, healing that with um, my father figure. Like, I didn't have, like, a horrible childhood or anything, but, like, you know, all parents do the best with what they have. But I think um, my father was always so worried about men and told me, like, how men treat women and, like, what they think and, like, sort of villainize them. So I thought when a man treated me the way that he warned me about, I was like, oh, like, that's all of them. That's how they all act. That's all I'm ever going to get. Like, if I want to get married and have kids one day, like, this is just what I have to deal with. This is what everyone deals with. Or, like, even, like, had the standard of them so low that if, like, a guy did something, like, remotely, like (laughs) – okay to you you were like oh my god oh my like god, he's one in a million <laughs> i am so lucky oh my god you sold my christmas present for money <laughs> good on you babe <laughs> um proactive <laughs> <sighs> oh wow but yeah there's there's a long story down into that but yeah that sort of spurred me on my healing path to go back to my inner child because I realized like at the end of the day like I can't change the people around me but I can change myself and like what I therefore attract and bring into my life so it just so happened like when I was doing this I attracted you into my life and like um you obviously then started off with your partner and I sort of saw what like a real relationship is like and um what it should look like and that like it still has its ups and downs but like what is healthy and like what is toxic and just how the contrast of just how toxic my previous relationships were. For sure. Um, And so I went into like a lot of work with boundaries and setting that um, within my family and setting that within um, friendships and in partnerships and realizing that my biggest fear was like obviously like I said to you was what people thought of me. And I would just like constantly try and prove that I was a good person. So people, um, I attracted people that thrived off that. Like she's always going to like come back. She's always going to like prove she's good. If I say she's like a bad girlfriend or a bad friend, she's going to like work extra hard and be better for me. And I can just sit back and like not have to do anything at all and be bare minimum. So I was sort of like this doormat laying on the floor, like complaining about being stepped on, but I was laying on the floor at the end of the day instead of having any boundaries at all to say, hey, like this is how I'm going to be treated. If you're going to treat me like that, I'm going to walk away Mm. Um, in a sense like and realizing my own worth and that like I don't need anyone to do that and sort of found comfort in my loneliness even though I had a roommate move in and everything like that. 
luckily you did, so you burned my house down. Legit. <laughs> <laughs> Almost happened. Um, I'm going off tangent. What was your question? No, I feel like I feel like that's really good. Like I feel um it was kind of just like what do you think was like your biggest learning? So you did kind of touch on boundaries, which I feel like yeah. was a huge one for you because yeah. I feel like as well when you were discovering that you just had like a couple of months where like it was just one thing after another yeah. that you were dealing with and it's almost like you kind of do have to hit rock bottom to like finally be able to like okay I can't go any further yeah. down like it's time to start rebuilding kind of like you said like the dust settled and I can start rebuilding and like there was just a period there which was like very early on from me moving in as well where you literally just had shitstorm after shitstorm after literally, shitstorm like the world was just like beating me down and like just going like stand up for yourself stand up for yourself and like classic me like no it's fine like it's fine like mm-hmm. I'm just like having emotional breakdown but people can do that like that's okay like they're going through their own things like it's okay to take it out on me and like be this emotional punching bag for people and like other people's projection because as I said like that's what I felt like I constantly got like I had to make excuses for why other people treated me the way they did instead of going no, that's your shit. I deal with a lot of shit already and, like, I'm ready to stand up and use my voice and go, Yeah, look, like, I think I'm deserving of having healthy relationships and friendships and if you can't do that, like, I don't need you in my life. And, like, you would have seen, like, there was this big, like, rift in my life where I was literally being knocked down so many times that I was like, okay, here's the ship, like Casey's ship sailing. You either jump in my boat where you respect me or, like, you can stay on the dock and, like, or you can, like, fall and drown in the water. But, like, I'm not saving you this time. I'm not responsible for your projections or anything like that. Like, I'm just going to do me and look after me because I feel like I've been so worried about everyone else and their problems for so long that, like, I'm just so tired. And, um... Yeah, like, and from there, like, my life actually went good. So it was, like, the lessons were coming and the demons were coming in because the universe was, like, she hasn't learnt yet where I could have learnt from the first one, but yeah. I decided to, like, just ignore it. And I feel like that's why my life was so surface value was because I was, like, ignoring this underlying thing that I knew was just this repetitive pattern I'd been doing for. And if you do dig deep, like, almost like if you did let anything that would come along that would be deeper, it would, like, force you to face that and you yeah. just, like, weren't ready. No. But, like, I think that's probably the main thing that, like, I feel like has benefited me. The, well, the true things I feel like are boundaries and stopping karmic patterns, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically, like, a pattern that's repeated throughout generations. So obviously your parents were treated a certain way and then they obviously, or, you know, not necessarily your parents, but it could be like some part of your upbringing or someone that took care of you as a child. And you obviously as a child and as a baby, you're a sponge and you essentially are molded by your upbringing and your experiences as a child. And that, that essentially builds you as a person. And like, not to go too much into it, but like how the brain works as well is, you know, you have all these different personalities when you're a child and around the age of seven or eight, your brain will actually come together and form like you, like that's your personality and that's who you are. And obviously if you do experience any trauma or anything like that, things can happen where your brain doesn't fully form one personality and that can obviously cause disorders and things like that. But um, completely (laughs) not related, but like I think – breaking those patterns and like actually being like, no, 
And I think it comes down to like respecting yourself and respecting your worth because like if you respect yourself, then you're going to ask others. Like how can you ask others to respect your boundaries if you don't respect your own? And I think respecting yourself enough and like also respecting and caring for others around you to be like, I'm not going to pass my patterns onto others. I'm going to, I'm going to heal from them because you don't want to pass those things onto your future children. You don't want to pass those things onto your next relationship. Um, you don't want to pass them on to your friends around you. Like there's always healing to be done, I think. But, um, yeah, identifying patterns. I mean, that was a big thing for me and that's been a big part of my journey. And I was much the same. I mean, my ex-partner was pretty much my father handed to me 30 years younger without sounding (laughs) icky, but like, yeah, that's essentially who that was. And like, I honestly think that again, from the relationship before that, I had the opportunity to learn and I did learn a lot. Like that's, that's why the Boss Babes Club is here. Like I went through that. I went, I discovered like my worth and my self-love and all that kind of stuff. But I think like, this is like, once you like graduate from self-love, it then like, you then go to the next thing, which is like, patterns and your boundaries and like to me like I want to do a whole other podcast on this and like what I did so that's coming soon but like the best form of self-love I've ever given myself was setting boundaries and again I think another thing that probably came from all of that stuff that was happening with you and like I've had it happen to like in my own situations before but like you are like you become what you're, what you're surrounded by. And like you, you become, like your home is essentially your sanctuary. Like that should be your safe place. That should be your place where you can be your most vulnerable. That's where you feel the most safe. Like that's where you can be 100% authentically you, in my opinion. And if the energy's off there or it's a toxic place or you don't feel safe, I just feel like that energy is like coming through you. Yeah. And therefore, you do attract people that don't respect you and are, you know, perhaps are toxic. You have opportunities that don't go well and your, like, mindset in general is negative because where are you supposed to go to, like, recharge essentially and, like, get that positivity and get that positive energy come back? Like, I just think once you create, like, a safe space in your home and, like, you know, even you and I, like, we – have saged our house and we've like changed the furniture around for good like feng shui, feng shui. or whatever however you say it like we've done all those things and I'm not saying that that's why yeah. we're living happier healthier lives just but move I, your couch guys <laughs> just, just change, change your couch around I'm sure that'll that'll fix it um but like I honestly think just you have created and I again I said this to you all the time I said it to you today but like you created a really safe space for me where I didn't always feel heard in my home. Like, so for me to come and live here and feel like I can like come out to you and be like, oh, like I've had the worst day. Or like I can come to you and be like, I just had this thought about my relationship or I just had this thought that came to me or like even just to celebrate like all the good things and have someone that's like always there to cheer you on. Like it's just the best energy and it's like the best environment. Mm -hmm. And like same to you and I feel like, that goes into like what you're saying where um your home like when you don't have that safe place to land like before you moved in I didn't have that and that's why I was sort of stuck in this airplane mode where it literally whenever I would be like triggered or feel like someone is walking over me or like disrespecting me I wouldn't go here's my boundary and stand up for myself it would be like someone hit the power button in case it would like just close down and just go zoom and, like, this cone of, like, someone else was placed over me and I would, like, just sit still and, like, just be quiet and, like, avoid conflict because, like, 
I would walk on eggshells and around other people's triggers that they weren't managing, not realizing that like boundaries aren't selfish and they are actually helpful and help you like love other people and help you create better relationships because me like walking around other people's triggers and like managing them doesn't teach them to manage their own or help them grow as a person. It doesn't let me have any growth because I'm stuck in this airplane factory settings mode. Mm. Um, And so like it was just like stagnant water for everyone and like nothing was happening there. And so um, I guess once Riley moved in and we sort of created that safe space for each other, which I feel like having like similar childhoods where you don't feel like emotionally hurt or validated um, or having that safe space to then get it when you're like 21 just feels like, whoa, like there's all this stuff to deal with that I've never really noticed because I've never had a chance for that dust to settle. Like my vision's always been clouded. So it's like someone has taken the rose-colored glasses off and you can finally like see red flags. You can see what you stand for. You can see what you will and won't tolerate and like what a healthy relationship should be in friendships in that sense. And I feel like obviously I was diagnosed at the time and like something with people with with ADHD have, I feel like you have a natural sense of like making other people feel heard and validated because, you know, having such a late diagnosis as an adult and going like your whole childhood going like something's wrong with me, something's wrong with me, I'm not normal. And like having all this overwhelming pressure of like, I'm just not the same. Like, why am I not like everyone else? And like Riley uses this beautiful explanation of like, sort of similar to Tarzan. He's like running around with these monkeys. He's like, I can't climb as fast as them. I can't run as fast as them. And he gets so upset. And then, you know, once he's an adult, these humans come to the island. He's like, oh my God, I'm like not even a monkey. Like I'm a human and like that's higher evolved. And like when I'm here, I actually work best and I can do all of these things. And like he's still a part of his like monkey family. Yeah. He's still just as important, but like he now it's like, doesn't take away from his connection with any of those people, but it's like with any of his family, but it's just like, okay, like I'm not critical of myself because I'm not like those other people. Like I know why I am that way. Yeah. I work differently. And so you sort of have that natural sense of like knowing how it feels to want to be understood and we didn't know that you had ADHD at the time as well, if I'm mm. allowed to say that. Yeah, um, um, surprise, so like guys. Even before, <laughs> surprise, 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 Sorry, Josh, Um That that just creates such a welcoming space. Like you want to make other people feel heard because you just like haven't felt that your whole life. And mm. so I feel like that's why our combo does work quite well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, like – I guess going into that, like, I would love to hear, like, you kind of explain how you came to getting that diagnosis and, like, I guess, yeah, what it was like kind of being diagnosed in your 20s. Yeah. Um, Tell us. Well, <laughs> Riley would know because she lives with me, but um, I was always listed as a kid that, like, just had so much energy, was always, like, my mum said, like, she'd put me down for a nap and, like, I would never sleep. And I was always, like, first one up in the morning, last one to go to bed and, like, just running around. And, like, I was just chatty and, like, I feel like a lot of girls are listed at that as that for a young age. And, you know, a lot of people think that ADHD, like, is a boy trait or – you're not as academic and because I was very smart 
um, that like, oh, it couldn't be possible that she has it. It couldn't be possible. And so like, it was just never a thought to my parents, which I don't blame them for because like there wasn't as much study or research and girls are severely undiagnosed. Yeah, severely. Um, But I was pretty much getting my lashes done by my eyelash lady at the time and I was talking about my relationship because who else do you vent to? Yeah, literally. (laughs) Eyelash lady knows everything. (laughs) Um, and I was telling her about how, like, my partner always used to tell me, it's like, you just don't sit still, you just can't relax, like, he always used to want to watch movies with me or, like, do the one thing that I can't do, which is sit still and watch a movie. Riley puts a movie on and I get up and I start folding laundry, which is, like, I hate doing. So, like, you know that I can't physically watch a movie if I start doing that. That's why I put movies on, so then you'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, just put the TV on. Casey will start with I'm like, I can't be bothered folding my washing. I'm just going to put a movie on. Shouldn't today. Just turn the TV on. (laughs) Casey would go. Um, And she pretty much said to me, she was like, Casey, like, I thought you knew – you had ADHD. Because she started asking me all these questions. I'm like, why is she asking me these? It's so weird. And she's yeah. like, I thought you knew you had ADHD. Like, she's like, can't you tell by, like, how fast we talk? And I was like, no. Like, we talk fast. <laughs> we talk fast. And she was like, we just talk nonstop. And I was like, yeah, it's so easy to talk to you. Like, I love it. Like, everyone else, I'm like, hurry up. Finish yeah. your sentence. <laughs> the point would be, let's go. You're probably going to edit this and be like, okay, let's go, like, 0.5 <laughs> speed on Casey's yeah. voice. Um, but yeah, so I was, went to the doctor and like, even before I went to the doctor, I know I had this like huge stigma that I was like, I don't know, mental health is such a stigmatized topic. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, is this going to affect my work? Is this going to affect how other people see me? Like, Mm. and I was like really scared, like, to be honest. Um, uh, and I went in and, um, went and saw my GP. So you go see a GP and, um, you they give you like a little test um to see if they feel like you could possibly have that and basically then, because going to a psych is like expensive af and they oh wouldn't want Lord. to they wouldn't want to send you swipe up to my like fans to support my ADHD, please <laughs> <laughs> but they wouldn't want to like send you to a psych if they like didn't think that it was possible so they yeah. like kind of get you to do a test just to kind of be like, okay, yeah, like you like you do show the high signs of it, like we're going to send you because you do have to be diagnosed by yeah. a psychiatrist. That is expensive as hell. It's dollar dollar. Yes. But, yeah, so I went into the doctor and I went in with my lovely ex-partner at the time, which pretty much like went in there and took over the whole like appointment and complained about all my traits that he loved, aka hated. She can't sit still. She can't relax. She doesn't stop talking. Oh my God. Um, she doesn't pay attention. Well, I can't stop talking, but you seem to be talking over me the whole time. Like, <laughs> hello. Literally. Um, at least I'm not yelling. Um, yeah, so I went and did that, and he was like, yeah, you definitely are showing signs. And, like, it was questions all to do with, like, before the age of 12 as well, so mm-hmm. during my childhood. Yeah. Um, and he, like, asked about my report cards, and I remember all of my report cards was like, Casey's academic, but she struggles to pay attention in class when she's sitting with friends or, like, something along Easily those distracted. lines. Easily distracted. Like, she does group work, but, like, when she has to do it by herself, she, like – you know, struggles to, like, hold attention, which is very true. Mm-hmm. Riley's my body double. If I need to get anything done, she just sits in the room with me and I can get it done. But if I'm by myself, I'm like, mm. yeah, same. yeah, I can't do that. 
Um, so then I went and saw my lovely psych. If you are in Perth and you are looking at getting diagnosed or like have a recommendation, I will put my psych out there. It's Dr. Chapman at Salvador in Subiaco. I love him and his little support dog. I'll pop it in the show notes mm. so you can check it out. Um, so pretty much you get that booked in. It is expensive and normally there's like a little bit of wait time depending on who they refer you to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in with my partner again and um, he – complained again about all of my traits and was pretty much like she moves too fast blah 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 and I just remember this feeling of relief because like that was a huge part of my relationship was just like constant complaining of like who I was pretty much like everything about me and I'm like why are you even dating me if you don't like who I am and like how I how my brain works and how I work and like what I do like why are we doing this and I just remember my psych saying to him was like well do you ever think you're asking her to slow down for you like maybe she works really fast and you're always asking her to slow down oh yeah doctor. maybe you need to speed up and i was like thank you i was like yeah how about that no no really i was like oh shit i was like be careful (laughs) you might have something thrown at you across the room now um so yeah i got my diagnosis um which was like a huge relief. I was so like, oh, my God, I did feel like a child again. I was like, I never knew myself before. I was like stepping out and feeling like Taz and like, oh, my God, I'm not a monkey. Like what yeah. if I had this during school? What have I done so much better even just knowing yeah. it? Because there's different ways of managing it other than medication. But obviously I, I chose to test that out. Um, And, yeah, from there I was like sort of testing it out. And like once I got on medication, it's really funny that apparently people – with undiagnosed ADHD love controlling partners because you don't have control of your life and yourself. So having a controlling partner is helpful. But like once I was on medication, I was doing my thing. I was working. I was like growing on social media. I had a lot more collaborations. I was really like leveling up in life. My partner wasn't working, was at home all day um, was probably doing a bit of the reverse, and that's like just the honest truth. I'm not trying to shit on anyone here. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. Um. Facts. But yeah, I hadn't worked for like six months, and I was working at the time. And um, I guess I was sort of like the rose-colored glasses were slowly coming off. Then I was like, hey, like, why are you telling me what to do? Like, why are you telling me like I need to do all of these house chores when you're at home all day? Like, I'm buying groceries, I'm doing all of this, and like you're just chilling here at home, like what is going on. And so during that time, I think I sort of realized what was going on in my world because I could pay attention. I could have control and I could realize, sort of had the tools to be my best version of myself and realize the people around me weren't really for me at the end of the day. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, so it was sort of like this, like still a shit storm, obviously like trying medication at the time. And then like Riley came in and like I was getting more comfortable and sort of knew – um, how it worked and how to explain ADHD and like I think what happened like I think I just came into your room in terms of like me finding out that I had it what was the conversation we had I remember standing in your door well I'm pretty sure like Casey you were like Casey was like in my doorway I'm all like chatting and I was just like explaining something I can't remember what it was and you were like you are so similar to me in like how you think and like how you feel about things. I must have been saying like, you know, I really struggle with how focus fast you talk. and like, yeah, you had probably said like, you know, I don't feel like you 
are slow to like listen to or anything <laughs> and like I love that. It. <laughs> and like there was just like a couple of things where you were like, um, I'm pretty sure you like found your test too that you'd been done, like you had done, and like, um, I honestly felt personally attacked reading that test <sighs> because I was like, I feel like this test was written for me. Like these are all the things that I feel. And, like, it was very weird because I feel like prior to meeting you, like, I had actually never known someone that was, like, openly – I mean, I, I mean, I probably have met people that have that do have ADHD in my life, but I feel like I had never actually met someone that, like, was aware of their diagnosis, was, like, aware of, like, what it means to have it and was, like, open to talk about it. So I feel like I had a really bad – almost like a stereotype of what someone with ADHD was. And like, to me, literally it was like someone who was disruptive, someone who wasn't very, who wasn't very bright. And like, you know, I'm the first one to admit that like, that's completely wrong. And like, hopefully like from, you know, you, you do a lot of educating on social media. I haven't really talked about it. If I'm being honest, no particular reason. I think I just never wanted it to come across as like, Casey got the diagnosis. Like now I have it too. Like I was or anything I like that. <laughs> but like, as well, like I am still an ADHD baby. Like I have, I'm still learning. Like I know yeah. I wasn't like too far off you, but like I only got diagnosed in 2021. I got diagnosed in January, so it's only been like three months. Of wait, where are we, May? It's been a couple more than three, Riley. It's five months <laughs> of being diagnosed, and like tarzan figuring out that he was human is probably exactly how i felt because i just felt like all of these things that i felt my whole life was wrong with me or like no one else understood like i finally had an answer to it and like it's not this thing that like oh you know i'm i have a like don't mind me like don't mind me being like this is my adhd like it's not like blaming my personality or like blaming my like flaws or like negative yeah. traits on my adhd at all but it's just like having like okay i understand why like i like hate waking up in the middle of the night because i can't get back to sleep because my brain is like going 30 miles an hour on like this explains why like I literally just get like almost like drained because I have 10 conversations going on in my head or like Mm. I can't focus on this. I struggled in school with studying and exams and things like that. My, my reports were, you know, easily distracted. She's loud and all this kind of stuff. And like, it's something that I think that stigma of like what it means to have ADHD really needs to be brought down. Because like you said, I feel like, and like I said as well, like I feel like when we think of people with ADHD, we do think of boys that are disruptive and like the class clown and they just like, you know, in primary school, like the kid that would like get up and like stand on the table and like scream, scream <laughs> for no good reason. I'm like I wasn't like that. Like I, as a kid, it wasn't until high school that I like gained confidence and I became like opened up in my shell and like as a kid – I was very shy and quiet, like, even, like, at school, like, I was a very good kid. I only remember getting in trouble once in my entire primary school time. Um, it was because I couldn't hear, like, I didn't hear. And, like, <laughs> later found out because I had hearing issues. Um, and my my teacher, this was in year seven. I think I maybe started wearing hearing aids in, like, year five. My year one teacher came up to me and was like, I'm so sorry because I remember the one time I told you off was because I told you you weren't listening to me and I now know that, it's because you couldn't hear. Like, that's how little I got in trouble that my year one teacher literally remembered. Like, mm. I was a very, very good kid. Like, I wouldn't say I'm, like, the smartest person. Like, I definitely struggled with, like, study and things like that. But just, like, to have answers and to have an understanding and, like, at, 
something that like really bothered me was like how many people said to me like, oh, you're like, you, I wouldn't expect you to have ADHD. Like, you're the last person I would expect to have ADHD. Like, yeah. you know, because you're not like Casey or you're not like this person. You're not like yeah. this person that I know that has ADHD. And, like, it's so important to recognize that, like, ADHD comes in so many forms. It's much the same as depression or anxiety. Like, yeah. how someone deals with depression. Or it's expressed. Or how, yeah. it, how someone appears to show their depression or deal with their depression is very different to someone else who may appear fine on the surface. So that was, like, really, like, it made me then be, like, do I have it? Like, have I been misdiagnosed? Like, it definitely, like, there was a period of, like, me being, like, oh, I don't know, but, like, I do have it. Like, I've been diagnosed by a psychiatrist. This is, isn't just me, like, kind of, like, joining the bandwagon. But, like, it's in no way – I don't see it as any way being, like, pulls me back or, like, throws me forward, but it just, like, gives me an explanation. And, like, it's, like, almost like going to school every day and, like, you know, you really like – playing piano, for example, and, like, you look around and you see, like, this person over here, like, they play the trumpet and you're like, I don't really hang out with them because, like, I don't play the trumpet. Like, I can't fit in. Yeah. Or then, like, you have people that, like, love playing chess and you go over and you're like, hey, how's my piano skills? And they're like, hey, we don't we don't listen to piano. We play chess. Yeah. And then, like, finally finding your, like, piano crew that's like, hey, we love piano. Like, come and play with us. And just being like, oh, I finally feel like I fit in and I finally feel like I've got a place in this world. And it explains why, like, no one else wanted to play piano with me or, like, were interested because they don't play piano. They don't care about piano. Yeah. I feel like I'm going a bit off, but... but No, 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 but no. But you know what I mean? Like, it was so hard to explain. Yeah. And I feel like if you are neurotypical, because there isn't normal and not normal, there's just just a spectrum. There's neurotypical right in the middle. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard to explain the brain and mental health, like, just on the spectrum as a whole because you can't see it. But it's sort of like a broken bone on the inside. You can't see it, but the pain is there. And so... People with ADHD, we do things differently. It's sort of like asking someone to run with a broken leg and, like, being like, why can't you run? Like, just get up, just go. Yeah. But it's like they have this internal thing going on, whereas I guess, like, broken leg, obviously, if it's mended, is sort of like us managing it, being aware of it, and being able to, like, use it to our best of our abilities. It isn't an excuse. It isn't something that I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just ADHD, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's who I identify as. I'm Casey, and I have ADHD, and I like opening up about it and talking about it because I feel like there's not very many people our age that do that. And it is a stigmatized thing. So sort of to create that safe space and group. Because sure. like, as you know, I get a fair few messages of people being like, oh, like, can you dive ADHD? Like you talk about it so much or like use that as an excuse. And I go like, no, like I'm a human at the end of the day. Like I'm responsible for all my stuff. But having that diagnosis just like helps me understand myself so much better and how my brain is wired to work is very different to other people and like who I'll get along with versus that. But not just that as well, like, you know, the amount of people. I mean, if it wasn't for you, I would still be undiagnosed and I would still be living this, like I wouldn't be living my truth and I wouldn't know why I was different and that, you know, you don't know the ramifications that that could have on me, you know, I guess it has had ramifications that without me even realizing, but like if, you know, I kept living life being undiagnosed, like I just think you opening up about it, like it one, I think allows people to like own it and like love that about themselves. Because like when I was going through the period of like waiting between like going to like my doctor being like, Hey, you actually show, show, show signs of this. I'm going to send you to a psych. Like there was like a good two or three months, I think in between like 
being like possibly having it to definitely getting my diagnosis. Like there was a period where I was like, oh my God, like part of me like doesn't even want to get this diagnosis just because like, I don't know, like, I don't know what it's like or like just feeling like, you know, will people look at me, kind of like what you said, like, will people look at me differently and stuff like that? And like, I'm completely open about it. I love that. That's a part of who I am. And like, I just think it's really good, like being open about it because it does destigmatize it. It does mean people can own it. Like there's nothing to be ashamed of. Your brain literally works faster than other people's. And like you do things differently and you're quirky and like that makes you part of who you are. And like now I feel like it's just, it's just become a part of like my DNA, much the same as like, you know, people feel like, you know, all so many different factors become a person like someone's race their religion their cultural upbringing their sexuality yeah that's a huge all of these things like literally make up a person and I just feel like again like what you said like I don't have ADHD like I'm not an ADHD Riley I am Riley and you know I'm Australian like I am straight like all of these things and I I have ADHD and like that all like ravels into like making who I am And, like, feeling like a massive chunk of you is missing is, like, not knowing your cultural background because you don't know where your family was born. Like, it's, like, finding that out. It's just, like, 20 years later. But, like, you wouldn't – if someone didn't know that they – if someone thought they were Australian their whole life and then they, you know, at at 20 they find out that they were adopted and their family's from Italy – and that person wanted to like dive in and like learn about their Italian culture and like broadcast their Italian culture, someone wouldn't go on and be like, we get it, like, you're Italian. Like, yeah. people would be like, that's so good. Like, good on you for embracing yeah. that. And it's like, it shouldn't be any different when someone learns that, you know, they've got ADD or they've got ADHD or they've got bipolar or they've got whatever it is that actually defines them as a person. Like, who are we? Like, you know, you don't go around, you know, it's very politically incorrect to go around and comment on someone's sexuality or anything like that. Yeah. And... So why should it be seen as something any different and, like, people cutting me down, being like, oh, well, I don't think that you have it or, like, it's a bit, like, you know, I wouldn't pin you for that is, like, turning around and being like, well, I wouldn't pin you for being Italian. And I'm me being like, but my, like, DNA right here literally shows that I'm Italian. Like, what – like, I don't need to prove this to you, but, like, don't, like, invalidate a part of me that, like, is now so important and, like, is literally part of my DNA now. Yeah. It's sort of like coming out of the brain closet. Like that's what I think it is. Like you finally, you didn't, I didn't get 20 years of my life knowing this. And so I celebrate it so much now because I have 20 years worth not to celebrate. And like True. someone else like raining on my parade, I'm like, cool. Like if you don't want to hear about ADHD, that's cool. But like I love my ADHD people and I'm like celebrating it because I didn't know this part of myself for so long. Well, it's like if you were to take a nap and you wake up, like you go on social media and you look at what you missed. Yeah. It's like, are you going to wake up from a nap and then just be like, oh, I'm not going to check social media because, like, it's fine. Like, I'm just starting from now. Like, no, you want to go and ba- you go back and you check your notifications. Like, it's just the same thing. Like, it's so interesting, like, now going back and, like, I don't know if you've – I'm sure you have spoken to your parents. Like, I spoke to my mum about it and, you know, being like, you know, now I've got this diagnosis. Like, do things make sense for you? And my mum was like, well, like, I would walk in your room and you'd be, like, on your phone – with the TV on, like, with a book open, like, doing a puzzle. And, like, mum was like, you could never sit still. You would I, – I constantly change my room around. Like, still you know, do. I still do. <laughs> I, you always come home and something's moved. moved. Like, yeah. my poor husband's probably going to, like, come home and, like, the lounge room's going to be in the bathroom one day. Stops the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> Stop <laughs> standard. Space. <laughs> um, but, like, 
like these are all things like now it's like oh that's why I did it, did that like that's, yeah. that's that's why I do these things like that's nothing to like be feel like negative about like yeah I I don't know we I think we've kind of discussed this but like I do think back um you, you actually did mention it earlier like I do think back and be like oh you know if this was like diagnosed in school like would my life be different or like you know would other things have come up for me or whatever but like I think if anything like being diagnosed at a point now where like my confidence and like my self-worth and and my self-love and all of that is like at an at a high and I am very content I think being diagnosed at a period of like being in primary school or high school where like all you want to do is fit in perhaps I wouldn't have embraced it as much as I met you know perhaps I would have tried to like you know hide the ADHD at that point because I didn't want to seem different and like now I just think like when you're surrounded by people that like love you for who you are and like support you um you're like it's okay to embrace that yeah and you and like you know embracing it yourself because you feel really content you know that like regardless of what comes your way whether I'm Italian or Australian like I'm still me and like that's amazing yeah and I think also like even though like being diagnosed after 18 you're not um supported government funding that's probably like the shittest part but also like you get to choose your own healthcare plan and you like do everything yourself and learn instead of like being a child and have your parents like sort of like give you this medication that you're not sure like what's really going on or not at the level to understand that yeah or have your brain remember it (laughs) um but yeah so like to there's sort of perks both ways and downfalls both ways but sure I think, like, my biggest thing looking back is I did not realize how much anxiety or how much stress, like, I was under and this constant pressure of, like, internalizing, beating myself down of going, like, fuck, like, when are you going to fail next? Like, when are you going to forget something next? Like, when are you going to stuff up? Because you always do. Yeah. Like, this internal monologue would, like, just constantly play in my head of, like, when's next? When are you going to be late? Like, all this kind of thing, it sort of like released all that pressure and built up my self-worth and confidence to celebrate that and understand my brain better, work more optimally to the best I can, <laughs> um, I guess, Yeah. in that sense and feel what it's like to not have anxiety and just be like content and chill. I didn't realize everyone else's brain can just have like nothing playing and not have like a 100 million tabs open with like four playing different music and mm. You know, someone rap dancing as well in your head while I'm trying to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. And like, I, it's funny because, yeah, you just think like, oh, everyone's like that, right? And then yeah. when someone's like, no, you're like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> like, what's that like? Yeah. <laughs> must be lovely. I honestly don't know what it's like just to like, just be relaxed and think of one thing at once. Yeah. I remember talking to one of my friends when I was like waiting to get my diagnosis, like in between the doctor and the psych appointment. And I was like, you know, like when you're like, when you go and watch a sunset, like you just sit there and watch the sunset or are you thinking about like 10 things? And she's like, no, no, like I can watch the sunset. I'm like, really? No, I was like genuinely, like, no, I'm like, seriously, <laughs> you just sit there and watch the sunset. Yeah. And that's what your brain's on, right? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, but like how? <laughs> like, the first time that's me. I was goals. like, what? Literally. Because it is like, there's like heaps of different explanations, but like my favorite one is that the TV of like mm-hmm. you're stuck on the couch without the TV remote and the TV is just switching channels. And so you've just got to make the best with what you've got and you're never going to fully finish your show yeah. or anything. So you're just going to get have all these different half-done things. Yeah. 
all the time. And so like having medication or even just management without the medication, you can like have the remote and finally pause it and focus on one thing at once, which feels like a mass relief than having like, like how pissed off would you be that you never like finished a TV show because you've just watched like little chunks of your life and someone's like, oh my God, I watched a two hour movie. And you're like, what is that like? Yeah. I haven't experienced that for 20 years of my life. I remember, like, as a kid, like, my mom will, like, definitely agree with this, but, like, I would always lose things or, like, leave things at home. Like, I would always – like, the amount of times I would leave my keys, like, locked in the house and I would, like, come home from school and my mom would be at work and we'd have to, like, come – and, like, drop the keys off and, like, the amount of times I get in trouble for, like, losing things, leaving things on the bus. Like, when I, I went to America and I bought, like, $500 worth of makeup and I took it to school and I left it on the train, like, so many things, like, that I'm just, like, <laughs> like, now I know why. Yeah. Like, I'm just forgetful. Like, my brain is focused on too many other things that at no and like even now like you probably I don't know if you you do this too but like because I've learned mum will be pissed if I leave something to this day I will not get up anywhere without being like where's my keys cool and you and I we both do it we're at the door and I'm looking at my keys physically looking at my keys and I'm like do I have my keys? And I'm like, Riley, do you have the keys? Can I lock the door? <laughs> I have Are you to, sure? I, and it takes me a second, which is actually like an ADHD thing. It is that processing disorder mm. of actually like really simple things you get in confused with, much the same as you and I get confused with dishwasher and washing machine. I get confused all with fork time. and knife all the time. I'm like, knife, image it. It's something you cut with. Cool. That's what I'm holding. Yeah. This is a knife, not a fork. Like yeah. that is literally my thought process. But I actually have to physically look at my key and I'm like, okay, my keys are in my hand, but do I have my key? They have key. It hasn't fallen off. <laughs> Literally. That's like, that would happen I'm like, to okay, me. Scan your brain, last 24 hours, have you taken your key off or anything? Like, that is literally what it's like. Like, something so easy, whereas people just be like, cool, grab my key, it's in the yeah. spot that I leave it in every day. No, I intend to leave it in that spot every single day, but like, it's. I mean, we've lost a key. We can't yeah. get into our little story. I have a ringer on my key. Yeah, literally. Like, I find in my laundry and, basket. And that's the thing. That's what I was going to say is like we – you do realise – I mean, I feel like that's one thing that like you don't realise that you do but you do have to like think that little bit harder or like you do have to implement little things and like little tips and tricks. Like obviously, yeah, medication is great but like – I was talking to my psych the other day and I was like, I still feel like a baby. Like, how can I talk to other people about having ADHD when I've only really known I've had it for three months? And he's like, yeah, but keep in mind, you've lived 24 years of your life with ADHD and functioning pretty well without any medication and without you even knowing. So that is not you being a baby. That's you, like, making do with, like, what you have and just, like, still getting it done. And, like, I feel like, you know, I have. You taught me skills, like, while I didn't even know you had ADHD, yeah. that, like, of, like, different lists and different ways that like, you organize yourself. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to do that. That, yeah. like, would work so well for me. Yeah, and for sure. Did. And you do just need to, like, implement little things. Like, the like you don't want to see my alarm list because it's ridiculous. And, like, the amount of times I'm, like, pay this person, like, do this, like, um, pack this for the next day. Like, you have to, like, because otherwise I will forget. And, like, the amount of times that, like, months have passed and someone's like, hey, like, how's that going? Or, like, and I'm like. You didn't I respond. Can, I can, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. So bad at messages. Like, yeah. never message me on Facebook. 
And then you want to be left on red. Unless you'd be like my grandma. Like, I'm never going to message on red. My grandma, I leave her on red all the time because she messaged me on Facebook. Um, But yeah, like, what was the other thing I was going to bring up about this? Hmm. Sorry, that's just funny coincidence. But. Oh, that I forgot? Yeah. Oh, no, that's it. Like, literally. (laughs) You forget what you're going to (laughs) say? No, no, I remembered. So, wait, did I say I forgot? Or did I say I remembered? I can't remember what I said now. What did I say? You were like, oh, yeah, I forget. And I was like, we both do. <laughs> no, I remember. I meant to say I remember. Is <laughs> that there is like that ADHD iceberg, which on the surface, obviously, it's like a small iceberg. And it says like, you know, forgetfulness and like, you know, high energy is what people like think is what on the surface ADHD looks like. And then underneath there is this like huge iceberg that is just filled with so many things that like only through my journey, not even from like day dot being diagnosed, but like, you know, over the last few months of having the diagnosis and like living with knowing I have ADHD, like there's so many other things that come with it. Like it's, and that's again, the whole stigma thing. People think it is just, being forgetful and like not being able to focus and being hyperactive it's so much more than that and like you know there are there are um like we've spoken about there's issues with other senses yeah or senses being out of whack me sitting here my glasses my hearing issues and all that but um and broken nose can't breathe through that either like can anything actually work (laughs) properly i would love to know i don't know i still take more pills than a grandma (laughs) so i'm pretty broken too (laughs) but just like so many things that come with it so like if you know someone that's got adhd or you think you you know have an inkling that you might have it yourself or you are definitely when you're 100 diagnosed and you just kind of go on your medication or you just are really interested in the subject i would 100 look at following adhd memes oh my god <laughs> yeah so just like doing your research and like actually understanding there's a lot of podcasts of people talking about adhd memes there's like adhd podcasts specifically where like they talk about tools and tricks and you know understanding the brain a bit more and how that all works but like would 100% recommend doing your research and looking into it more like are there things that you like didn't realize until you got diagnosed that like that was because of your adhd oh we can go down a very long list but like yeah i think there's like the ones that like I sort of joke about and that, like, we've talked on a surface value, which is, like, obviously hyperactive, like, forgetfulness and everyone can be like, oh, like, I forget my keys sometimes or, like, you know, when I have coffee, like, I have bursts of energy and I'm like, no, no, like, you don't understand. Um, And like you said, like, looking from the outside, you can't always see what's there because we spent 20, 20 plus years figuring out ways to, like, manage it and keep it and sort of fit in with the normal that you don't realise how much energy – and stress was put on us to hold that at that level that like we weren't able to hold. So it was taking away from us working at our optimal level. So like to be able to management, you don't have the pressure of like holding those things down or doing those things. But um, sleep, number one, I used to, you would know, I still have not amazing sleep, but I will like run myself into the ground where my body is so tired, where I've like trained in the morning, 7am, done boxing, worked all day. And I would, be there at 11 o'clock, 1 a.m. in the morning, trying to go to sleep, have a weighted blanket, have lavender in my room, like everything going. And my brain would just constantly be going, but my body would be tired. I'm like, I'm actually tired. Yeah. My body's tired, but my brain just won't let me. That's one of the and worst like, things. Like when you, like I wake up at three o'clock in the morning usually and go to the toilet. And it's like, as soon as my body wakes up, I have like 
Shakira hips don't lie playing in my head. I'm like thinking like about Reese's seven, Puff, Reese's Puff. <laughs> thinking about seventy things, but I'm like I can't even open my eyes to like wipe my booty after going to the toilet. Like you're so physically tired, and it's just like there's times where I'm just like laying there, and I've been awake for like half an hour because my brain just like won't let me go back to sleep. And it's like those kinds of things can be really frustrating, and like not allowing yourself to like fully ever relax is yeah. like. Yeah, really hard and, like, super draining. Yeah, so we've talked about this before, but one of the main things I guess I struggle with and people misinterpret is I – you would know from how I explain things. I explain things on a very physical level to my way of explaining things. So my way of empathizing with someone, even if I haven't experienced their experience, is sort of relating it to my life because then it makes sense in my head where it sounds like I'm trying to make it about me. But it's just my way of showing like, oh, I'm trying to show you that I can feel the way I feel. We don't really register emotions the same or can comprehend emotions because we don't have emotion permanence. Like we're like, scattered all over the place like we have seven different tabs open we can have seven different emotions open at the same time where you just I find like I'll cry when I laugh when I'm angry when I'm sad when I do everything where I just get this overwhelming emotion and like it just all comes out um some of the other things would be like forgetting like basic body functions like to be honest I, I know now like I have to pee and I've been holding it in for this podcast I but like there'll be days where I used to come home from work all like working all morning until 5 p.m get in my car and pull into my driveway and be like oh my god I've needed to pee since 12 o'clock and like run to my door feeling like I'm gonna wet myself <laughs> as an adult or forgetting to drink water or like so that's the real to reason eat. for the mattress protector <laughs> it's not just my keys <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Good try, but no. No. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that in another podcast. <laughs> um, but I guess, like, rejection sensitivity as well. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, we already beat ourselves down enough. So, like, when someone, like, gives you a compliment and, like, says, like, one little thing, you, like, take it to heart quite a bit. Yeah, definitely sensitive um, about those things. You would know me. I have, like, no sense of time. It's either now or, like, in the future and, like, I don't think about it. Like, whether it's say – if it's now, I'm, like – someone could say you have a flight in two hours. I'm, like, okay, like, two hours, two hours. I don't know how long that is. Like, I'm just going to hang around until it's five minutes before I try and pack my bag and get on that flight. Yeah. And, like, I just can't explain it. Whereas I'm, like, two hours, okay – what can I do? Like, what's the maximum amount of things I can try and do yes, in two hours? Is. I'm like, cool. I'm going to try and vacuum the whole house, <laughs> unpack the dishwasher, put three loads of washing on, pack my bag, like call my grandparents. Like, I'm going to try and do everything yeah. that I can. And then it's like 20 minutes before I need to, like, sorry, it's like two minutes. I'm like 10 minutes late. Like, I should have left 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, ah! all those things where we're like, cool. Um, microwave's on for five minutes. I'm going to try and shower and also hang out a load of washing in that time. Like, I'm going to beat the clock. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, you, like, burn it or something like I'm, that. I'm, like, ju- then I, like, get distracted and then I, like, just start. meals. <laughs> as, as I'm, like, turning the shower on, it's, like, beep, beep. I'm, like, what? <laughs> Literally, I thought Ow. I was quicker than that. <laughs> um, I guess that and 
what else I had something in my head? <laughs> you know what? That is one of the things. It's like literally something going into your brain and then leaving it within 0.1 second. And that, that is possibly the most frustrating thing about having ADHD because I'm so like, and the other thing is like, I'm trying to be polite. I'm trying to let you finish because I don't want to interrupt you because that's another common symptom. It's like, yeah, like, I have to get this out. Oh, this is literally going to leave my it's brain. fly away. But because I'm like <laughs> very like, sensitive. Trying to keep it in. <laughs> Maybe doing that would help. Maybe. Lucky. Like, no, because you have to listen. <laughs> But, like, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm trying to, like, sorry, I don't know why I said maybe. <laughs> but, like, you're trying to, like, think of this thing. And so then, like, when it comes to you talking, you're like, oh, it's gone out of my head. Completely forgot yeah. about it. I was thinking about puppies. I feel like, like, literally, like, it's like someone's child is screaming while vomiting on the other, while <laughs> pulling your clothes, while there's three different musics playing, while, like, you're trying to study for exam and someone's talking to you at the same time and you're trying to hold all of that while holding onto what you're going to say next and trying to actively listen to the person in front of you. Yeah. Like a lot of people think it's rude where I don't look at them in like a public setting. If there's like loud distractions going on, I'll focus on something else purposely to distract myself so I don't – my brain doesn't want to distract myself because me talking to you now, like I'm looking at this piece of dust that's like floating around in the room and paying attention to everything else but. But if I purposely distract myself, my brain won't try and distract me from what I'm trying to focus on. Yeah. Which is like so hard to explain because there's like a hundred things yeah. coming into my brain at once. Yeah. Um, but I guess that and also like realizing that my version of relaxing and doing things is like so different to other people and other people not understanding that, hey, if I'm laying in bed or I'm sitting on the couch and going like, oh, she's just lazy, she's just laying there like half the time. I'm laying there and I have I'm so overwhelmed about this task that I have to do that I'm scaring myself that I'm not going to do it right that I like get stuck there and I'm still stressing internally about it that mm. I can't relax and enjoy sitting on the couch. Yeah. And it's sort of like someone said to me it's like trying to bite your own finger you can bite it off but your brain stops you whereas like I can get up off the couch and do that task it's probably like going to take me 5 minutes but something inside of me is like literally holding me on that couch with like so much anxiety that I'm not relaxing and I'm just stuck in this weird waiting mode. Yeah. And it's, like, not enjoyable at all. Yeah. Well, see, for me, I feel like I – if I'm only doing one action, I feel unproductive and I'm not doing enough because I need to be doing multiple things. So I hate – and this is the whole reason why I don't post many podcasts is because I hate with a passion editing the podcast because it requires me to look at the little, like, thing – to like edit it and cut it where it needs to be cut and listen at the same time. So yeah. I'm like, can I not like learn to knit with my toes or something like that yeah. so that I can be doing something else while I'm doing this? And yeah. that's why I can watch TV and I can be on my laptop working or I can, if I'm like in bed, I'm going to be on my phone or like, you know, again, like my mum said, I'd be doing a puzzle with a book open on my phone with a movie going. Like I don't feel like I'm being stimulated enough or like I'm, I actually feel really bored if I'm just doing one thing. So like, yeah. again, movies, you like even in going to the cinema, like every part of my being is wanting to do something else. And like, that's why I like, we are or very fidgety even with our hands or like, you know, whatever. <laughs> so like another thing for me I found is like my version of relaxing or like it, even just like being by myself and my thoughts is going in the shower. And like the oh, amount yeah. of times that I like come out of the shower and I'm like, I, I hate it too. I'm literally like, what can I – like, I've actually seen people have these, like, shower curtains, which we don't have shower curtains, but if we did, they've got, like, pockets in them. And so you slide your iPad in it and you can, like, watch a movie while you're, like, mm. in the shower or whatever. 
And, you know, I'm always, like, texting you. I'm, like, in the shower yeah. <laughs> on my phone. But, like, I, I would love for there to be, like, some kind of, like, movie I could watch. Like, music just isn't enough. And if I put a podcast yeah. on, I can't hear it over the music, the, the yeah. water. But, like, I <laughs> – The music in my head. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All the, the, the Shakira hips don't lie going on in my head. But, like, the shower for me is, like, the only place where I literally am forced to do nothing else and therefore I actually sit with my thoughts and I'm not saying that like it's not that I like do things with my hands or like you know go and like stimulate my brain in other ways but like that's the only way that I can like feel like I'm moving and I'm still going because like I need to be doing multiple things but like when I'm when I'm literally forced almost like my hands are tied behind my back and like I'm like forced to like face a wall like I'm in timeout that's when all my like deep thoughts and I'm actually like there to like analyze and I think deeply and I'm like well what else is there to do and I like go down this like massive rabbit hole and like I don't know if you do this too but like I would make up like full like conversations movie scenes even like if I had like not even had this conversation with someone yet but I knew that I was going to or like I had the thought of having a conversation with someone I would literally like fully almost like act out in my head and verbalize having a full conversation and I would like be like oh I feel so good after that or I feel I would get angry after it I'd be like what am I getting angry over like I've literally not even had this conversation with someone yet so like I've just found like for me like my shower is actually like I, and it always has been and I've never really understood why, but, like, now learning more about it and, like, kind of researching and just, like, I guess understanding myself a lot more um, and I guess forcing myself to learn about my, like, kind of, you know, recognize my patterns and things like that. But, like, yeah, for me, like, I would always go in the shower. I think it used to be because, like, the shower's running so, like, no one can hear you cry. <laughs> No, but like, no, but like, that's legit. But yeah, <laughs> no one can hear you cry if you're in the shower because, like, the, again, thank that's another a, a positive reason why the water's so loud. Yeah, but um, it would literally be like my place where I would like, n- no one can interrupt me because no one's just gonna like walk in on you in the shower. Well, <laughs> that yeah, happened to you when you were you were new, <laughs> new, <laughs> when you were a kid, remember? Oh, that, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's always so funny having But, crazy. like, you know, like, that's, like, my private time and yeah. it's, like, the time where I'm, like, very vulnerable and, like, I'm most with myself and, like, I'm literally forced to, like, think and face my thoughts and, like, kind of like you said, like, everyone's, like, to, to that, like, someone's just, like, a shower is just a shower. Like, I'd rather just, like, get in and get out and, like, you know, be able to chill and sit down. Like, I do sit down in the shower um do you not no i found it so weird oh my god i love it how many people's feet's been on the bottom of the, the are, shower though well, whose who's feet are you going in your shower because only me <laughs> and possibly yeah but people have lived here before you think that the water from the shower plus all the soap that you put in there the boiling hot water plus the bleach the bleach bleach is that a word <laughs> bleach <laughs> that you sprayed in my shower isn't going know, to wipe away weird. the germs of other people's feet that have lived here and you've lived here for how long True. I think it's just like the fear of water on my face. Though. Oh yeah, you don't that, like that. That's me. That's me. That's yeah, but my shower is bigger than yours. So maybe yeah, that's yours why. is nice. I can sit back and the stream Mine's doesn't tiny. touch my face. No. Maybe Mine's that's like why. Because you can't sit everywhere. down in yours. No. Without the water getting on your face. Because I don't like, like I have a body shower. I don't have face showers. No, I don't like that either. I just have a body shower. <laughs> but you don't like a body shower. No, no I don't like on my face. No, no. I don't wash my face in the shower. Unless I've like pre-removed my makeup and I'll like cleanse, but I won't just like drench my full face underwater. Mm. ever like i'll splash yeah <laughs> hit myself in the face but yeah 
But like your <laughs> full sh- tangent. you would know. Like I'm pretty sure. Like let's be honest, the water bill was mostly you because you have your long showers, which it, is not a complaint. It is not. Like, it's now. I enjoy my showers now because you, I have a lava lamp thingy, my bobby that I have in there. I will literally go in. Like I'll be like, cool. Let's go in the shower, scrub our hands off. We'll re like re come back soon. I think I've literally been an hour. Right. I think I've been so long, and I like come out, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And you're still in the shower. Yeah, but I feel like half the time it's like me being overwhelmed. I'm sitting in my bathroom like I don't really want to get in there because I have to scrub my tan off sit there and then I'm finally like oh shit she's about to finish I need to do my shower and get in and I've like put an Instagram story up like mucked around in my room for hours until recently I've been having long showers okay so we've literally been talking for like 90 minutes so <laughs> again like I said we could probably keep talking for like another hour but I won't do that to you all but if you would like to I guess have us talk on another topic or, you know, talk more about anything that we've chatted in today's episode, please let us know because, um, you know, she's not that far from me. So yeah. <laughs> just drag me all the way, just, the three steps into your room. Just round the corner, you know. So um, if you do also like watching the podcast, let me know because this is definitely something that I can look into. But obviously, as you can see, it's not the uh, most – professional setup but hey, it's bougie it's bougie we got it's this my little, house <laughs> we got this little poof here so um yeah but um i will put all of casey's um info in the show notes so please go and follow her and support her um do you want to drop your, your handle you already did at casey watson dot fit <laughs> after i said that i was like is it dot fit I feel like it is. So it's correct. Or unfit, whichever one. <laughs> best of both worlds. Yeah, best of both worlds. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Of course. I feel like this is definitely not the last Boss Babes Club no. we'll see of you. I feel like there's so much more we can talk about, but um, I have to go somewhere. So um, as always, please go and follow me on my socials. As I said at the start, it is Riley the Stallion, T-H-E-E-E Stallion double L. Um, I think that's it. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think I did three E's because I'm pretty sure two E's was taken. I'm just like, no, I don't have much luck with like getting my desired handle, but far more important things. Um, please go and follow the Boss Base Club podcast on Instagram as well. Um, and yeah. Yeah. That's all I really have to say. Thank you so much for your support as always. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.